Welcome to Talking Jets. We're back, baby. It's been a long last few weeks. Your boy's rocking the sauce jersey. Finally, time for an upgrade. Boys and girls, how you feeling tonight? Make sure you hit a like button on the way in. Matt, how you doing tonight? Oh, I miss you boys so much and everyone in the chat. As always, uh, it's been a fun summer so far, but training camp is back. Football is back. Let's do it. Green Bean, how are you doing tonight? Oh, dude, it's so great. It feels like years, doesn't it? It feels like it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how I made it. Uh, I'm just so happy to be back here with all you guys. This is going to be fantastic because we're going to have a good year, too. That's why this is going to be so much fun. Boys and girls, make sure you hit that like button for every 25 likes. We're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway. If you guys are watching the stream after the fact, make sure you leave a comment on the video down below and you'll be entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. Uh, we got our boy Buffalo Jet fan hopping in, says, welcome back, boys. Thank you so much, dude. Congratulations on hitting 2,500 subscribers. If you haven't subbed up Buffalo Jet fan, make sure you sub him up because he's really good. He's a good dude. And he's going to be there with us week one. There he is. One of the many. Yeah, we got a whole bunch yeah, of people coming out week one. Spectacular. What a damn group that is, huh? Seriously. I'm all sorts of excited. So what have you guys been up to? What, what What's going on in the lives of Matt and Greenbean? Before we get into all the Jets talk and stuff. Matt, I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, so uh, just kind of been working and enjoying my summer. And a few weeks ago, did the Jeremy Ruckert event and uh, hooked up with our guys over at the Jets Lounge. So I wanted to talk about that because that was incredible. I'm sure some people in the chat were able to stop by. Met a lot of really cool people. Jeremy was awesome. His dad was electric. He came on the stream with Richie and I, and it was an absolute blast. And I just wanted to shout out the Jets Lounge for putting that together. And I hope we could do more events like that in the future because that was epic. Hell yeah. Green Bean, how are you doing? Salty Teacher drops in saying, all gas, no break. Love it. Yeah, Love it. There he is. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I watched that whole, uh, I was watching the O'Leary stream at uh, and Jets Media at the Ruckert event. And he's right. Uh, Ruckert's dad. You know, look, we kind of got a bonus draft pick there. You know, we get a tight end, we get a guy that we like, but we get him. You know what I mean? Like, we get the dad. I don't know. I mean, I'm just excited to see where that guy can take us in the future. He's awesome. But I had, dude, it's been it's been rough. I, I got off the road. I bought a house. I had COVID. I got a puppy. All kinds of weird stuff. So uh, I'm a completely different person now, everybody. Completely I can barely recognize you. Yeah, who is this dude? <laughs> right? I'm so different. Ugh. I love it. It's I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to miss the the RV in the background, but I'm excited to see everything that you got going on in the coming weeks. It's going to be really, Bye. really exciting. Uh, as all you guys know, I uh, recently became a new dad, baby Shay Lily Delaney. Uh, so it's been pretty cool being a dad. It's like, uh, dude, every time I walk into a room, everything's just really cute, adorable, and funny. Like she could fart, and I think it's the funniest friggin' thing on the planet. <laughs> Oh, absolutely incredible. Like genuinely very, very happy. Uh, let's see. We'll get into some of your super chats in just a little bit. I have them queued up. So Ryan, you'll be the first one uh, up on the super chat 
train in a little bit. We're just going to go over some topics, some things that are trending, and then we'll get into your comment questions and things of that nature. The first topic I want to talk about tonight, we heard about it earlier today. Makai Becton, Carl Lawson, and CJ Uzama have all been activated after being on the pup list just like, was it even five days ago? It was like the end of last week that it happened. And Jets, Twitter, and every single person in the Jets like space lost their marbles because Makai Becton has been out since week one. And they're like, he started on the pup list. This guy's overweight. He's, uh, you know, all the this, that, and the other thing. And it turns out his weight is perfectly fine. So, Matt, I want to hear from you. How are you feeling about these three players in particular? Is there one that you're maybe more excited about? Or, you know, just give me your thoughts on all three. Yeah, so I am thrilled that all three of these guys came back, um, and which was expected, I think, for the most part, that these guys were going to be ready to go for training camp. But it's always nice to hear that officially. Uh, and I'll start with um, the one who is a free agent in CJ Uzama. I think he's going to be such a nice piece for this Jets team, a veteran pass catcher who's going to be solid. I don't think he's going to be a star, which they don't need him to be, but he's just going to be solid in both the run game as a blocker and as a pass catcher. But the two other guys, they're just it's a huge story because Carl Lawson missed the entire season last year, and he's going to come back and be hopefully this team's best edge rusher in a really long time. But Makai Becton looking how he did when he came back today, absolutely lit Twitter on fire. And for good reason, because Makai looked phenomenal. Like any, any thought about his weight being an issue at this point in training camp right now is out the window. Cause the guy looks incredible and you just have to love to see it. Green bean. How about you? How are you feeling about the guys we got back in Uzoma Lawson and Becton? Well, it's just so, look, you know what? Like, sometimes I I wonder, like, you know, look, the Jets are going to do things the way they think they're going to do it. But I, I wonder if they, every just if they could pay attention to the optics of a situation just a little bit for the, the very fickle fan base we have. Like, they knew as soon as they said Becton was on the pup list that it was going to be 24 to 48 hours of complete meltdown, right? And that's what we saw. Uh, I wish maybe sometimes I go, hey, why don't we just not do this? Because uh, like these fucking fans are going to have heart attacks. Why don't they just, uh, you know, just do that for us? But so one of two things happened. Either all the stories a month ago about him being 400 pounds and Boomer Esiason saying that the Jets are going to cut him uh, were false, or Mackay Becton figured out a way to lose 30 to 40 pounds in mere minutes. And uh, so one of those things is, is, uh, is happening. So uh, we got to figure out what that is. My feelings are I could not be happier to see Mackay Becton walk up the way that he did today. When it boils down, dude, he's one of the most important players on the team. The Jets did not draft Icky. We did not draft Evan Neal. We did not go out there and, and break the bank for a free agent tackle. We didn't even sign Riley Reef when he when he and we learned today why we didn't sign Riley Reef, man, with that contract. But uh, you know, we didn't do anything. We we got a pipeline guy in Max Mitchell. Obviously, we re-signed uh, Connor McDermott, Chuma Idoga, who Matt O'Leary is very, very high on. Uh, so we have those guys. But, um, you know, we didn't we didn't do anything that says the Jets aren't confident in him. So the idea that he walked up and looks the way that he looks, 
it's positive. How could it be anything but positive? If he stays healthy, dude, we have something. Okay, we already saw what he could do. Carl Lawson. Um, look, we saw less of Carl Lawson than we saw of Beckton last year, man. So uh, if, if we could have that guy in Jermaine Johnson actually like stay healthy for a while and 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 get in the defense together, again, we might have something there too. I mean, it's exciting, man. I want to start the season with the team that Joe Douglas has built. Can we just do that? One year, have the team show up to the season that we actually built is a good sign. Yeah, 100%. Going through this list, Uzama coming in. I am really looking forward to him. I think this is the best tight end room that we've had probably since I've been a fan. I mean, really, there's not a whole lot of competition. We've had like flash in the pan kind of guys the last, you know, over the course of the last 20 years that have been, you know, better than some of our other guys. But I think between Conklin and Uzama and then eventually Jeremy Ruckert, I don't know how much, how much we're going to see of him this year. Uh, maybe a little bit more of a red shirt type season for him, but really looking forward to what we get out of those guys. Uzama was just a decoy in the Super Bowl. He wound up getting hurt in the Chiefs game, in the AFC Championship game, and they wound up using him as a decoy to try and, you know, obviously draw some attention away from some of the other guys, uh, Jamar Chase and the like. Uh, Carl Lawson, hands down the most exciting player that we had coming into camp last year that I think everyone was really fired up about. He was, you know, arguably the best edge rusher that we've had going into a season in a very long time, ruptures the Achilles, and then gets knocked out for the year. So to see him physically able to come back for the start of training camp is really, really exciting. This guy's an absolute workout warrior. And of course, we've got one big ticket, Makai Becton, coming into camp looking like he's about to rip someone's head off. This cannot be understated. This guy's going to have so much fire this year because of all the bulletin board material that has been out about him throughout the entirety of the offseason. Not even just the offseason, but really since like week one and a half, <laughs> week two, whatever you want to call it, they've been ripping on him for his inability to come back on the field, the weight. And, you know, I think Green Bean said it the most of all of us is just don't listen to the beat reporters. They don't know what they're talking about. You're, you're looking at the... Uh, you know, the the pictures and everything we're getting from Makai Becton and people saying he's 400 pounds. I, I don't think any of us saw 400 pounds or at least it didn't look like it. He didn't look like he was heavier than he was, you know, at his playing weight. So, you know, could there have been some smoke to the fire? I mean, maybe at some point in the offseason or maybe it's just the front office starting to like light a fire and think like, oh, you know what? Let's let's really tick off Makai Becton and then uh, he's going to play even better than we anticipate him playing. Probably not. Well, that's possible, right? <laughs> I mean, think about it, Ryan, right? Like, we we like to think that Salah is this master motivator guy, right? We like to think that that's what we hear. Guys saying they want to put their heads through tables and stuff, run through walls, all that kind of stuff. Wouldn't it make sense that Salah kind of has a little bit of a, a, a method to this madness before the, you know, at the end of the uh, season, right in the offseason, said that, you know, George Fant is going to, have the, uh, you know, the right to compete for the left tackle job, uh, saying, you know, not saying he looked great, not saying he's happy with him, all those kinds of things. And look, Becton showed up with a big bus shirt. So clearly it's having an impact. Uh, now, whether or not it is Salah, I don't know, but it would make sense if some of this had something to do with Salah's little tactic to keep Mekhi Becton motivated. Yeah, I love that he's using this as motivation too. Like, I'm completely okay with him wearing the big bus shirt and just like, 
I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I think it's motivation for him. I don't look at it as him focusing on it too much and like dwelling on it. To me, it's okay. Now I'm going to show up and prove you guys wrong uh, with just, and again, I'm going to go back to the picture from today. Like I audibly gasped when I saw that picture because <laughs> everyone right. online was talking about how this guy, you know, is an M&M away from 450. And, you know, he comes in and he's in like incredible shape. He looks skinnier than me. Uh, so I just, uh, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to see him on the field. It's going to be so awesome to get all these guys on the field for the start of training camp. You finally have a full complement of weapons across the board. Moving on, I want to talk about our next topic. We got a little bit of news that came out over the course of the last week, and some Jet fans took it a little differently than other Jet fans, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. I want to get the chat's thoughts on it, and that is the Jets revealing the new stealth black helmet. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll go first on this one. This was something that I... I saw it and I was like, wow, that's a cool looking helmet. That's really nice. But it looks like it should be part of our uniform. It doesn't look like it's an alternate helmet. The NFL allows you three alternate uniforms per season. And the Jets are using those three alternate uniforms on the stealth black helmet. Like for me, I don't think it's a bad helmet. I just think it should be part of the black uniform. I think the green helmet should go with the green or the white jersey. I think you could have a white iteration of this helmet. And then I think you could have done a quote unquote alternate helmet with the the logo everyone has been dying for the logo that's behind matt's head right there the jet swoosh with the you know like a white helmet and the, the sparkly green on the inside that would have been so awesome and i think they they dropped the ball in terms of that but i don't think it was so bad as like oh this is a horrible decision everyone's going black helmets why is this you know you know i i don't know i think of all the black helmets, and I, of course I'm biased being a Jet fan, I think this one looks really sharp with our jerseys. I think there's some other teams that maybe don't have as nice of a black helmet uh, with their logos. I think the, the the green, the white, the black all complement each other really well. Matt, I want to get your thoughts on the new helmet. Yeah, I feel very similar to you on this one, honestly. When it came out, um, my first instinct was, okay, that's, you know, it looks pretty cool. Like, I, I don't dislike it. I like the black. And I actually agree with Greenbean, which I feel like is a hot take here on his video. He talked about how he liked the white outline. It made it pop. And I saw so many people who are like, they don't like the white outline. They think it looks weird. I couldn't disagree more. I love it. Um, but at the same time, it felt like, yeah, it's nice, but they kind of missed the obvious here. And like Woody Johnson was just, teasing us all off season long he had that that tweet in june where he was talking about uh oh look at those throwback helmets or how what do you think of these helmets and there's a ken o'brien highlight like that was just teeing it up and we were sitting there like oh oh my god like little kids waiting for santa claus on christmas eve and then the next thing you know it's like oh here's this black helmet like just out of nowhere it's like no this isn't what we wanted this is cool <laughs> but like it, it's not i don't know it was just so obvious and i feel like they missed the boat Greenbean, what about you? How are you feeling about the new helmet? Yeah, I mean, that's just it. I mean, look, if 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 we're just removing any feelings, right, like any thoughts and, and expectations and all that stuff, if we're removing all that stuff, the truth is, is that black helmet with the logo, that's our logo, but we know how they did it with the white outline on the black uniforms. Dude, it's nice. It's a, it's a clean uniform. It looks a little bit badass, although there are guys on Twitter 
uh, that way I see all the time. So you don't need to wear black. Black doesn't mean that you're bad, you know, that you're tough. I disagree. I think every villain wears black for a reason. Since way back since the 20s, you know what I mean? Fucking John, everybody John Wayne thought was wearing black. But it it looks good. I, I mean, I think it, it looks good. But that said, they definitely dangled something that is not that. They played with us all offseason. And I don't know. It's, it's like, look. They could just be lighthearted, you know, like, hey, it's not the biggest deal. Relax. We'll get there. We're going to do a different one every year. Whatever. And they could be thinking about it lightheartedly. But I think a lot of Jets fans sincerely despise the the logo that we have now. They, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the Jet. Although there is a Jet in the football. People don't believe me. It's there. It really is uh, inside the football. But I think um, a lot of Jets fans really don't like it. So there was the the hope that they were kind of going to like uh, throw us a bone as a fan base. And so, you know, look, again, they could be lighthearted and just like, hey, man, slow down. Don't take it so seriously. Or they could just be so disconnected from what the fan base really wants that they're just they refuse to give us anything that we would that we that, that we'd want as a collective. I think more Jets fans would have been happy, even if it was a black helmet, a white helmet, a green helmet, if it had that 80s, 90s. Uh, Jets logo. I think more Jets fans would have been really happy. Like, imagine a black helmet with that logo on it instead of this one. I think uh, I think it would have been really cool, and I think a lot of people would have been ecstatic. But they missed it. They didn't give it to us. Uh, that said, I think it does look pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and we got it for three games, right? So it's the Patriot game the day before Halloween. It's the I want to say it's the game before Thanksgiving, or maybe the game after Thanksgiving against the Bears, and then I. Th- I think it's the Thursday night game against the Jaguars before Christmas. Um, I mean, opening it up with the Halloween game, I think is pretty cool. I think it makes a lot of sense. And then I think the other two are like probably our best shot at maybe getting a, a victory in those helmets. And I you, obviously you don't want to have losses at any point, but it's always nice to kind of start your new uniform with some some victories. I feel like we've had that a few times throughout our history, um, at least for a little bit there. Um, moving on. Bye-bye, little helmet. Um, we have to talk about our draft and some of the guys that we're really looking forward to. So the rookies reported last Tuesday. All the vets came into camp today. We have seven new guys on this team. The top four are really the ones that I think a lot of people are talking about. So I want to ask you guys, which rookie are you most excited for? Matt, I'll throw it to you first. Zonovan Knight. No, I, I, I think he has a chance to make the roster as a UDFA, but uh, this is such a hard question to answer because there's all of them. Uh, but to be honest with you, I think it's Garrett Wilson. And this is the one that I've talked about a lot because it seems like he's almost being forgotten to an extent because Sauce Gardner was taken first, fourth overall. And number one, it was surprised because a lot of people thought they were going uh, with an edge at pick number four. So some people were surprised by that, but you know, he was the big name, didn't allow a touchdown in college. Uh, and then the trade up for Jermaine Johnson gets so much love. And then Brees Hall gets a ton of love too, because he's probably the one who has the most immediate impact right away on this team. But Garrett Wilson, man, I think he can do something special at the wide receiver position. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a Jamar Chase like rookie season, but I think he's someone who can be you know, like similar production wise to what Elijah Moore was last year, but over a full 17 game season, and then really make that run 
and become a, a wide receiver one in this league. But I think he's going to add something to the offense that they really didn't have last year, which I'm super excited to watch that. Greenbean, what about you? If there was one rookie that we've brought in, which one are you most excited for? Uh, number one, I agree with what Matt said. I think um, I think uh, Garrett Wilson has kind of fallen into this weird little pocket where he's got these really uh, – there's a lot of hoopla around the bookends around him in the first round. I'm going to be real interested to see what he does. But I have to agree with Chris Bradigan in the chat – I think I just might be the most excited about Brees Hall. Um, it's been a long time since we went out there and got the young stud, the running back in the draft. It's been a, I don't, dude, the last time that we did that was, I mean, sad to say was, was really uh, Blair Thomas. You know I mean? Yes, we took Lamont Jordan in the second round. We've taken a couple guys that were okay. This is the running back in the draft and yes there's been a a devaluation of the position over the years so we don't see as many first round backs 10 15 years ago this guy's a top 10 pick because of the value of running backs in the nfl he's clearly the best back in the draft at least with as a prospect right clearly the the highest you know the strongest prospect and uh, what he's going to be able to do alongside of another running back that I, I just love. I love Michael Carter. I couldn't love that guy more than I do uh, as like just a guy on our team, his talent, his personality, everything about him. I just love him to death. Having those two guys together, but adding Brees Hall, um, you know, dude, there's even lots of talk about, you know, when compared to the last two or three years of running backs in the first or second round, he's either the top or maybe behind a Najee or somebody like that. Like he's way up there and uh, it's going to be great. Yes. The, you know, the offense is more geared toward the pass, but we still need a damn running back. Look at the Colts, look at Taylor and look what they were able to do. This is our opportunity to do that. And I think, oh man, it's about time. And I couldn't be more excited. That's my guy. I think Brees Hall. Yeah. I think when I'm looking at this whole, uh, rookie class that I'm kind of echoing a lot of you, what you guys are saying here. And Garrett Wilson definitely feels like the one that's sort of fallen victim of like the other exciting picks. Like this guy is equally as exciting as all the other players that we took. But Sauce was the, you know, the talk of the draft at the top because we did not take the edge rusher. And then we trade up for Jermaine Johnson at the tail end of the first. So it, like, you know, that weird middle child kind of syndrome almost. Uh, and then Brees Hall, we almost came back into the first to go get him. And he's, you know, like you guys have said, probably going to be the most impactful player uh, in their rookie campaign. I do think he's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. Um, and while I'm excited for all these guys, Sauce Gardner is the one I'm I'm really looking forward to because I, like, finally got a jersey. I actually, I got the, the custom Sauce jersey. I didn't even go with Ooh. the, didn't even go with the Gardner. I actually got Becca the Gardner jersey. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking it. forward to this. He reminds me of, like, a, as much as I loved Revis, I think... There was a part of me that really liked Antonio Cromartie a little bit more. And I, it's weird. I don't know why, but it's like the the ability to get the interceptions, the long, lanky guy. He was so fast. And a lot of that had to do with guys not getting, you know, us not throwing or them not throwing at Darrell Revis. But I think Sauce Gardner this year is in a position where he may not necessarily go up against the number one wide receiver on the opposing team. He may wind up going against number two because DJ Reed last year was a top 10 corner. So I think you let him get his feet wet. And I think he's going to wind up 
I don't know if we said the over under was three and a half interceptions in a 17 game season, assuming he stays healthy, Matt, you think there's uh what do you think? Three and a half interceptions for sauce Gardner this year. I think I take the over. I, th- I think I would, if I was guessing, I would pick four. I think he gets four mm-hmm. interceptions, uh, but it's been so long since the jets have had a corner who could like consistently take away the football like that. And, you know, a lot of people point to to Revis and how great he was, and he was phenomenal, but people stopped throwing at him, so it's not like he was coming away with five-plus interceptions a season. Um, so I think that would be awesome if he hits more than three-and-a-half, and I think he has a good shot, too. Greenbeam, what about you? You think Sauce gets to three-and-a-half interceptions <laughs> over-under? Um, I, you know, I, I'm going to go with the over. Why not? 17 games. He's got a nose for the ball. I think that it, they're they're definitely going to test him. He's a rookie. I know he didn't give up any touchdowns in college, but that these you know NFL teams aren't spooked by what somebody did in college. They're going to try to they're going to try to exploit his his youth, his naivete, his inexperience. They're going to try to go for it. I would love nothing more, man, for him to open it up week one while i'm sitting right next to you guys sauce gardner gets his first pick and skiddly ding dangs all the way down to the end zone for us (laughs) wouldn't that be great i'm going with the over how could you possibly say under right now no i can't do it i love it and you know what about week one can't wait can't wait Ooh, there it is <laughs> first drop <laughs> things fun oh yeah guys i'm really really excited for week one we're gonna be in the hangar with uh sack exchange buffalo jet fan let's talk jets tyson tyson's gonna be there it's gonna be a whole good time across the board now moving on from our rookies we got to talk about our franchise quarterback zach wilson and what his expectations are and i do want to touch on a little topic that some of you guys may have heard of a really wild topic uh the whole him potentially sleeping with his mom's best friend whether it be truth or not i think he's walking into camp getting a standing ovation (laughs) from the rest of the team i thought it was really funny it was definitely embarrassing it's no one's business but like i don't know anytime you see something kind of like that i feel like there's i don't know you just gotta laugh there's too much i feel like negativity in the world and like when you have a chance yeah. to kind of have a good belly laugh with the rest of the NFL, that's kind of what you have to do here. Um, so Matt, what were your thoughts on on that ridiculous story? Um, I agree. It was hilarious. It was awesome. And, you know, a lot of times the offseason stories we're used to is uh, unfortunately our quarterback getting their lights punched out, um, mm-hmm. you know, or it's someone driving 100 miles an hour with a kid in the car, like just like all these awful terrible things but this one was a funny one and i don't know if it's true i hope it is i'm rooting for it to be true but (laughs) the nfl world and the internet rallied around zach wilson which was awesome i love that um and yeah like just getting to the expectations part of it now um i think he is primed to take a year to leap i don't want to give out my exact stat predictions yet because i'm really working hard on doing a series of projecting like the entire offense and their stats and like I started with the receivers and like, okay, what if like this guy gets 800 yards and then I had Zach throwing for like 5,200 yards. I'm like, okay, this is not <laughs> yeah. happening. So like, we got we to gotta work. I think a lot of people, and when they low ball Zach, like I did a video a few weeks ago because I saw a lot online. They're like, oh, Zach just has to get to 3,500 and we're okay. 
And I was like, well, if he's playing 17 games, do we realize how little 3,500 actually is here? If you do the math and work backwards from it. Um, so I've started with the receivers first and I've been trying to iron that out. But if he can look somewhere, this is kind of generic, but around the middle of the pack quarterback wise, he doesn't have to be a top half of the league guy just yet, but he has to take a significant stride forward and most importantly, play a full season. Yeah. What about you, Greenbean? how do you feel about the story? And then how do you feel about Zach Wilson's expectations for this year? Well, number one, it's funny. He happened to be hanging out on a guy's trip with a bunch of alphas uh, in the mountains when it came out. So I could imagine how that went down. Um, look, you know, here's, here's, what I'll, here's what I'll say about it. Um, everybody's feelings aside, I've had some lady friends of mine say, you know, he shouldn't be getting, uh, you know, elevated, propped up for this. I have had guys say he's the king, you know, and, and everything in between. And it's all fine. The only thing I really like about it is that when it was released, the story itself, it was an attempt at knocking him down a peg. That was the attempt. The attempt was to say something negative about him. And the fact that it completely flipped 180 is what I like about it. Because like like Matt was alluding to, <clears throat> we're so used to, you know, negative stories, arrests, yeah. uh, you know, just so many things like that. Uh, just negative press, negative press, negative press. And we have been fortunate in that regard since Joe Douglas has come here where it's been mitigated and it's, it's going down every year. So the big story that comes out for us is this. I'll take it, number one. And again, dude, we have a young stud muffin quarterback. He's as cute as a button. I mean, he, he you know, it's like, dude, the guy took two women to the prom. Like we knew what we were getting. All right. The only other funny thing I like is the fact that go cougars was his moniker you know his rallying cry uh in school could you have written it any better a story like this i, I don't know if we could have uh so yeah i think it's just uh i think let it ride but again it seems like zach wilson uh he would it, it, like he he was able to be somewhat bulletproof on it and that's the positive for me because we take a lot of shit being jets yeah the first thing they asked him when he got into camp oh <laughs> uh, yeah so look i expectation wise i think matt's spot on if if zach plays all 17 games you're looking 4,000 plus yards easy because if 4,000 yards on a 17 game season i'm pretty sure that's like 213 yards a game or something along those lines uh and there's no reason he can't get that if he plays all of them now i, I think he's probably gonna miss a little bit of time and i think you know, if we could get to 3,500 yards with him missing maybe a game or two, I'd be really happy with that. I think I'd be also looking at his completion percentage and his touchdown to interception ratio. If he can keep the turnovers down, maybe have a, a two to one touchdown interception ratio and then have maybe like 63% completion percentage, I'd be feeling pretty good about Zach going into year three then. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's hard not to get excited about what this kid brings to the table because there's just so much athleticism between his arm strength, his ability to escape the pocket. It's just something that we haven't seen as fans from our starting quarterback. We've always seemed to have statues or maybe a guy that could run that doesn't really have the arm. So it's it's really fascinating to see. I think the sky is absolutely the limit for this dude. And I think we're going to find out probably by the bye week just what this kid's made of. Uh, this year. 
Now, yeah. I want to get into, do uh, you guys have anything else to add with the Zach Wilson well, stuff? I, I was just going to say, um, you know, it's a funny thing for us. You know, it's like we're hoping our quarterback does this, does that. You got teams out there trading away, like, you know, guys like Jimmy G who takes them to the championship game. You got guys trading guys like Carson Wentz, 27 uh, touchdowns, seven picks, whatever it was. And, like, they're getting rid of those guys. You know what I mean? Like, we just need our guy to take just a step forward, just keep improving. 236 yards a game is not too much to ask. I think we can do it, and that's what I'm fully expecting this year, man. I've got my fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some of our Super Chats. For those of you guys hanging out in the chat with us, make sure you hit that like button for every 25 likes that we get on this video. We're going to pick one t-shirt qualifier from someone in the stream. All you have to do is be hanging out in the stream uh, and you could get qualified, so make sure you hang out and hit that like button. If you're watching this after the fact, after it's aired, all you have to do is leave a comment on this video down below and you'll be entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. Uh, so let's go through this. Ryan Mondo uh, jumped in with Super Chat says, I'm usually more pessimistic, uh, a more pessimistic Jets fan, but hearing the voices and mutual message around the building, this team is going to surprise a lot of people. Matt, your thoughts on uh, the positive messaging? You think this is a new culture, a new team here for the New York Jets? Yes. No more four win seasons. Let's take a step forward and look competitive towards the end of the season. That's not asking a lot. Ricky Lopez dropped in with a super chat, uh, says, welcome back, lads. What breed is your puppy, Green Bean? Oh, it's a husky, uh, but it's not. Mm. It, it, it may. It's a white husky. It may be a pure breed. It may not. We're not sure, um, but it looks just like a damn husky. So uh, maybe it is a pure breed husky. Nice and white little female. Cute as cute, cute as could be. I had, my parents have a Husky. It's uh, a Husky Shepherd mix. So I think it's like 75 Shepherd, 25% Husky. Lots of hair everywhere. This thing like <laughs> runs like crazy. When they were living up north still, we had this front yard that was like slightly sloped down. And I think the dog might've been like a year old at the time. And it was like slightly slicked over and we like sledded. <laughs> the dog pulled us down <laughs> the hill on the sled. Like that's how strong this thing was. I mean, I, I wasn't super big at that point, but like it was, uh, it's a lot of fun. The, the Huskies are a good time. They're vocal, very vocal. Uh, yeah. breed. And so how she is already, already. It's like, a <laughs> <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Candle Jack says, welcome back guys. Uh, so favorite jet summer storyline is, Oh, that's an easy one for me. That is that is absolutely the Zach story. I don't think there's any other one that could really come close to it. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, oh, no, you know what? I'll say this. My favorite Jet Summer storyline is we got a new little Jet fan, and her name's Shay. And that's my, <laughs> my, my, Jet, uh, my Jet story. Matt, what about you? What's your favorite Jet storyline? Uh, the MILFs. That, that has to be. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Sorry, I, I love football. <laughs> <laughs> Greenby, what about you? Well, I just want to make comment. I don't think you guys, there's 470 people in here right now. I don't think you're appreciating the just downright dedication and jet green heart that, that Ryan has. His daughter's name is Shay, guys. Are you putting two and two together here? We're just slipping right through it like we didn't catch it. Shay, you get it? Oh, I can't, I can't even, I don't Shea even have Shea Stadium, ball. baby. That's there right. Come on. <laughs> that 
that is Die Hard. If I've ever seen Die Hard, that's commitment. I love it. I want you to know that. Uh, the best, my favorite storyline has got to be that Makai Becton is fat. That's my favorite. <laughs> I, I could read about it all day. You know what's really funny? Uh, like my my whole thing on like Twitter and everything is is just to say, I, I'm not I don't I'm not getting upset. I'm not not getting up. I'm not I'm not on anyone's. I don't believe not believe. I'm just gonna wait and see because the beat has has uh, taken us down you know fake roads before, right? Um, and so I've had Twitter people, Twitter people literally tell me that they have they trust their sources and their sources are telling them that makai is not only 400 he's over 400 425 and the jets are furious and they are going to trade these are sources so i love this story i love that we don't know what he's going to be this year but i just love that he walked into camp looking like tom Selleck. uh that's an old reference <laughs> Uh, Tom Selleck uh, at camp today. So that's my favorite, Makai Beckton. I love it. Ryan jumps in with a, another super chat, says, camp battle you are looking forward to. Ryan says, it's the linebackers. For me, it's not so much, I guess it is a camp battle, but I would say Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore versus Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I think those matchups with the two new corners, the two uh, weapons on the outside. I think that's going to be really exciting to watch, specifically if you get to see Garrett Wilson and Sauce go against each other because they're both from the top 10 in this class. Uh, arguably cornerback one and arguably wide receiver one. I think that's probably the most exciting one for me. Uh, Greenbean, I'll throw it to you first. What's your, uh, what's your camp battle you're watching? Well, the first one I, I really want to see is um, is the left tackle. You know, I'm, I'm really curious to see what the Jets do. I, I Either way, I don't think that they're going to let it drag out too long. Like, I don't think – I think they would rather have their their guys in place for as long as they can. If it's Fant on the left, if it's Fant on the right, it, whoever it is, it just – we need to be working together. We've already moved ABT over to the right side from the left side. We just have – you know, we have a new guy in there in Lake and Tomlinson. We do not want to see – a repeat of what we saw last year, which is five weeks of complete ineptitude and confusion by the by the offensive line. I mean, as much as I enjoyed that video or whatever it was by that little kid, remember he's like, "This guy's blocking nobody. These three guys are blocking one tight end." And Corey Davis has no hop. Remember that kid? As, as fantastic as that was, the Corey Davis line was brilliant, and Corey Davis has no hops. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, as much as I like that shit for a moment. Uh, I just want to see our offensive line come out, work like a unit, protect Sexy Pants McGee so he can get the ball to all of his new weapons. That's what I want to see. So the camp battle that's most important to me is that left tackle spot. My prediction, guys, is that Becton is the left tackle. It's all been a motivation tactic. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But that's been my thought the whole year, and I'm sticking to it. So Becton at left tackle is my fave. Matt, what about you? What's your favorite position battle? Yeah, that's a great answer from Green Bean, by the way. I'm rooting for Makai. Um, I think it's going to be Fant, personally, but I'm rooting for Makai. I would prefer it would be Becton. But I'm going to go a different direction here and say 
the defensive line, because I have no idea who is making this roster and who is getting cut. There's just too many bodies here, and there's going to be some good players who are getting cut uh, at the back end of this roster. So we'll see. I have no idea who it's going to be, but uh, I think that's the position I have circled right now. Green Empire Lawn Care says, plot twist, Becton had a fat suit on the entire time. I love that. I'm going to take that as fact. Uh, I'm not going to fact check it at all. I'm just going to pretend that is my reality, and I think it makes sense. Uh, like <laughs> Liberal Irishman uh, says, no more freeze bean, the end of an era. I know. You know, I put out a, was that what was that, Instagram? I think it was I did that. I made mm -hmm. a little tile out of it. Dude, I'm like, I mean, look, <laughs> you know, just like Ryan said, like I am going to miss, honestly, there was a, a, a like a, a warmth about like uh, almost like an excitement about like, I don't know where I'm going to be. I would call mm -hmm. these guys and be like, guys, I'm, I'm going to be in, in uh, Oklahoma. And I don't know what I don't I don't know what the Internet's going to be till I get there. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of that. But on the on the other side, as as charming as that might have been for me, it was terribly stressful. You know what I mean? It was stress mm -hmm. at the highest level. So uh, the, 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 the freeze bean thing, I'm sure he'll pop his head uh, back up from time to time. But guys, I'm really happy to have actual internet. I got to admit. See, I think what's going to have to happen is I'm just going to have to uh, freeze Green Bean's video from this side, and we'll yeah, just call it Freeze Bean from that. And that's not as not not as bad. Uh, Nose Kills drops in with a super chat. Says Becton pushing 400 pounds was a reference to him adding more weight on his training sled. Uh, the beat just misunderstood it. Oh, that's a meanie. Uh, that's a that's a. I, I like that. We can uh, we can pretend that's, that's definitely the uh, the way that was going. Uh, Spectre Gaming says, any confidence in the splash move in the secondary? I don't think Bates gets moved. Yeah, I'm with you, Spectre. I don't think Bates gets moved. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. They're going to let him play out that franchise tag, and he's going to hit free agency at the end of the season. Nor do I think Joe Douglas would want to give up the first plus more picks to get a safety in a season that I don't think anyone if they're really being honest with themselves, believes the Jets are going to be in the playoffs. Like, if they were, like, lighting the world on fire and we're at the trade deadline and we have like two losses then maybe they decide to to pull the trigger on something crazy but i don't see why the Bengals would want to move on from Bates, given where they were last year and how this team's set up uh to play so matt i want to hear your thoughts on any splash move in the secondary uh, i think it's pretty unlikely now it'd be fun and i'd be um interested like if let's just play a game for a second like let's say douglas could flip the Jets' second-round pick for Bates and extend him. That'd be like, a, okay, like they're trying to like make some moves on a guy who's you know still young and going to be a part of this team for a long time. That's interesting, but I don't think it's very likely for the reasons that you said uh, because Cincinnati's still very much so going for it. Um, I, I really don't know if there's going to be any moves at this point from the Jets. Um, I thought Riley Reef was going to be someone they'd bring in. He got the bag today, like. Dude more than double the amount of money I thought he was going to get, which is wild. Um, I thought maybe, yeah, $5 million, six, something like that. But no, he got paid. Um, so we'll see. Maybe someone gets cut from another training camp and uh, they pick him up. Fat Gandalf drops in, says, Becton is 400 because muscle weighs more than fat. Ooh, I like that one. That's, that's a good way to, uh, to think about that. Uh, Prime Mover 
says, I don't get the love for the swoosh helmet with the exception of the sack exchange and the shootout, the obvious players or and obvious players, no good memories. See, the good memories for me was I was a young kid with that swoosh logo. And then ever since, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't I didn't really love our just previous version of our logo. I actually do like this logo more than the last one we had. I just thought it was so different with the swoosh. And I, I I don't know. It's just, I think I like the shiny green. I'd love to see that logo with this current green. Um, but for me, I think it's more of a nostalgic thing. Matt, uh, or I guess either one of you, Matt, first with you, what do you think about the swoosh and why do you uh, like it? Yeah, I think we should have, I mean, after me, obviously, I think we should toss over to Green Bean on this one because he could speak more to the 80s. But for me, I think that like, I don't know. Didn't they go to an AFC championship game wearing that logo? Like, I feel like that's some pretty I don't, fond memories. I don't think so. I think they switched it the first year Parcells no, got we, here. No, we did. We did. No. We did have it in the 80s. Yeah, oh, oh, I thought you were talking about the yeah. 90s. Okay. No, 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 no. I actually don't like the 90s version of it with the Kelly green. I like the mm, 80s like where Kelly it's green like. Either. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, see? Green being on the same page and and with the helmet with the white face mask i don't like the helmet with the black face mask in that logo and that's more yeah. 90s and kelly green anyway but going off the rails a little bit i just think it looks cool and it's from a good era like i don't know when i think of bad jets football eras i think of the last 10 years i think of the 70s the 80s to me is one of the better times in jets football i would think anyway i know i wasn't around for it but green bean can you correct me if i'm wrong here well it, it was a pretty bad time. Um, I mean, like like the like uh, prime movers saying, there were some really epic pieces that came out of that. But I have to be honest, when we switched over, like when Parcells came and we switched to the back to the white helmet, or another iteration of it, but the the pretty much the same logos we had with the Namath uh, era. I loved it. Um, I didn't. I do not like Kelly green. I I don't like the color, and I didn't like the non-gloss aspect of our helmet. It was almost like a flat green. Mm. It, it looked to me, and even back then, and I was going to get a tattoo of it anyway, With I said this, it's always going to be our logo, so I'm always going to be a Jet fan. I'm grateful I didn't get it uh, now. But, but I didn't like, like, I like how, like our helmets now, there's a very high gloss sheen on it, right? It looks pro. I always felt like the 80s, uh, helmets looked kind of like Bush League. Now, the actual word mark itself with the jet going over the top, I think that's really good. And and I think one of the one of the things that a lot of people like about it is that it actually has a jet on it, like a real, like it has a jet. Like the the Jets are a weird anomalous team. Like we don't have anything to do with jets. We have helicopters fly over the damn stadium. Like it's weird. Like we're a weird organization. There's no color. Like a lot of people were pining for like maybe a gray, just something that looks like a damn jets. And we have something, but we have nothing. So I think that's where a lot of people were going. Plus, like you said, Ryan, a lot of us grew up at least with, you know, when we were younger, at least to some degree that, that helmet so it's nostalgic uh you know look i became a fan uh with the sack exchange you know mark gastineau joe klecko freeman mcneil kenny o'brien is actually richard todd but wesley walker altoon they wore that so it's warm to me that said when you look at our success we had the success with the white helmet we had a little smattering with the with the green helmet 
And then even in the in the in the 90s with Parcells, that's our AFC Championship game. That's our 12 and four. That's Herm Edwards years, which were great. We had the uh, Rex Ryan years. Those white helmets, that's really our best, and that's my favorite. But uh, I get why people are like in the 80s. But but Prime Mover's got a good point, man. He really does. Uh, Jets Carpetbagger. Drops in the super chat. This one's for Green Bean. I may have missed this, but what is the status of Connor Hughes Green Bean Exchange? For those of you that don't know, uh, Connor Hughes is going to be on Green Bean's uh, show at some point. Uh, Green Bean, you want to take the? Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if I should say it or not. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's okay. Uh, It's all right. Uh, Yeah. So what happened with it? uh, We'll get into it in some detail. Uh, tonight, but after this show on Green Bean Jets Fan on YouTube, my channel, uh, at 10.30, Connor Hughes is going to be my guest. Rather than go back and forth, tit for tat, and let me tell you guys, the night, you know, that we were talking about it on the Thursday thick of it, I was up until about one in the morning, and I was I was already making videos. I had a whole beat, you know, with some of the things he said. I, I was editing and engineering and all kinds of shit. I wanted to have some fun with it. But it turned out that uh, it's going to go this way, which I think is much, much better. We're going to spend an hour or so uh, cutting through the baloney, man. We're going to talk about the divide between the fans and the beat. We're going to hit it head on, man. And uh, I think you guys should come. It's going to be interesting. Uh, And I was just talking to Connor Hughes not uh, 20 minutes ago, confirming again uh, that I I always get the idea he's not going to go. He's not going to come. You know what I mean? That's my (laughs) fault. But uh, yeah, he's, been, he's he just confirmed again, man. He's going to be on ten thirty tonight. So it's not over, Jets Carpetbagger. But that's what we're doing. But we'll find out how it ends or how it goes tonight. We don't know. Yeah, I think it's good that you guys are hashing it out face to face as opposed to the uh, yeah. the cryptic, you know, messages back and forth or anything like that. I, I think it's good on both your parts for sure. And I'm I definitely going to be tuning in after this stream yep. uh, over on your channel. Uh, Guys, for those of you just hopping in the chat, hit that like button for every 25 likes we get. We're going to pick a t-shirt qualifier for the end of this stream. If you're watching after the fact, all you have to do is leave a comment on this video down below to be entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. Let's do a bonus. This is simulcasting to Twitter. So if you go over to my Twitter page and you see this stream uh, floating around, anyone that retweets this stream is going to get double entered into our t-shirt giveaway at the end of the show. So make sure you head over there uh, and do that. V-Man drops in with Super Chat. V-Man says, hey, Matt, what was going through your head when I told you I failed algebra twice? Also, can't wait to meet you guys week one when we airstrike Baltimore. V-Man, I can't wait to meet you, number one. And number two was, I was thinking, oh my God, I can't believe he's being this much of a dick on a rounding at quote unquote oh, error. Great. That wasn't really an error, by the way. So here's <laughs> so yeah, V Man <laughs> called in to correct me to say that 235 yards exactly doesn't get you to 4,000 yards. It gets you to 3,995. Yeah. But 236 gets you to, it was like 4,000 and change. But mm-hmm. my rebuttal to V Man is this 4,000 exactly is 235.29 which that gets rounded down to 235 not up to 236 so i understand why you failed algebra 
I get it. <laughs> Vinny, we are excited to meet you week one as well. For those of you guys that don't know, we're going to be hanging out uh, with a bunch of guys in the hangar. Uh, and I think we're trying to figure out where we're going to be in the parking lot. Um, somewhere near, I think, J3 is roughly where we're going to wind up. Uh, but as we get closer, we'll let you guys know uh, for sure. Spencer. Yeah, I just talked to tonight, too, for Jet Nation. They're going to yeah, be yeah. right in this area. So they're, they're, there's going to be a lot of us, man. Like, it's it's obviously us three. It's the Jet Lounge guys. You got the Gotham City guys. You got Tyson in primetime. Buffalo Jets fan. Jeremy's fly, flying in. Like, there's a, a lot of the content creators. Jets Media, obviously. Uh, Blue Jack, it's going to be there. Blue it, right. There's a, and then Jet Nation's a whole tailgate. There's going to be a little area that we are all kind of consolidated. It's going to be epic. Like, if you're at that stadium, make your way over, dude. Like, it's going to be it's got, it's going to be an absolute blast. I, I can't see it being anything but that. So it's going to be fun, man. I'm psyched. Spencer drops in with a super chat. Spencer says, uh, cheers from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, America's hat. Uh, good luck to the green and white this year. Thank you. Much appreciated. Is that a hockey uh, logo? It looks like it's a hockey, uh, or maybe it's lacrosse. It might be lacrosse. I'm looking at his like avatar. I'm going to pretend it's hockey because you're from Canada. Uh, it looks like and, uh, lacrosse on a hockey rink now. Yeah, uh, you know what? That makes sense for being Canadian, I think. It looks like he's super polite on ice. I think they're born with ice skates on already. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's how that works. Everything's a C-section in Canada. Knee um, M. Lassiter, thank you for the super chat, says, what position group are you most excited to see and which has the most potential surprise? Hmm. Most excited to see... I think is definitely the tackles because of how important that's going to be to our success. Um, most potential to surprise. Hmm. Maybe the linebackers, because I don't really have much of a, uh, I don't want to say a positive outlook on it, but I feel like that's probably the position we're going to target heavily this off season in 2023 whether that be through the draft or free agency. So for me, when I'm watching Quincy Williams and I'm watching CJ Mosley, I'm hoping that one of those guys kind of pops off uh, on tape. So I, I would say maybe the linebackers look for someone like Nasser Aldean or Sherwood to kind of bounce back after getting hurt last year. Uh, not something I'm definitely not an exciting position group, I think, but uh, maybe the one with the most likely potential surprise. Uh, Matt, what about you? Um, I'm going to say defensive line for the position group so i'm going to double down mm. on my answer from earlier uh for camp battles and then for potential to surprise yeah this is kind of a cop out from but i'm going to take it anyway uh, i'm going to say wide receivers because i think jet fans realize how good this group can be but i think the national media and fans outside of the jets don't realize the potential the wide receiver group has so i'm going to say the wide receivers Greenbean, what about you? What position group are you most excited for? No, I liked your answer, linebackers. Um, but I'm going to say uh, wide receivers is is really an interesting one to me, alongside of the, the defensive ends. But, like, specifically wide receivers. Like, guys, this has been an area of weakness for us 
forever. Even when we've had good teams, a lot of the time we didn't have like good wide receivers. We had like, you know, a collection of like possession guys or team guys, you know. Um, now we have arguably uh, one of the best wide receiver, at least, you know, potential wise that we've had ever. I mean, these guys, if let, let's say that they all just hit their potential, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, even Corey Davis being a former first round pick, Denzel Mims, Braxton Berrios, like, dude, if, if these guys click, they, you know, it can be very difficult. Like Elijah Moore said, I don't know how anybody can cover all of us, you know, and I, you know, I get nervous with that kind of boastful stuff. Um, but at the same time, if, if everybody's on their page, you know, on the right page, on the same page, if Zach Wilson is is protected and dude these wide receivers i'm so excited to see how they develop we have actual legitimate talent three first round talents and and mims could be or you could argue that he's a first round talent uh so that would be four first round talents uh, in our wide receiver room that's nuts i'm i that's the one for me i hope they friggin explode oh man mims is an interesting one you know i i hope like hell that he makes this team and that he makes a name for himself in the league. But when I'm looking at like the roster from a, from like a, a targets standpoint, I'm expecting Brees Hall and Michael Carter to be ahead of Mims. I'm expecting both tight ends to be ahead of Mims. I'm expecting Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios to be ahead of Mims. So now you're talking, he's the ninth option in terms of uh, targets. Uh, and I just don't know how it's going to shake out. I, I think we're going to try and prop him up in the preseason and try to swing him for, for some type of pick, maybe like a Chris Herndon, like we did last year. Uh, but I hope I'm wrong. Cause you know, we were all really excited when we drafted Mims and that dude, if we can have him as like our fifth wide receiver and he has first round talent, that's a hell of a wide receiver room. Um, green empire lawn care says any jets players you'll choose for fantasy. Oh yeah. 100%. Brees Hall, baby. That's going to be the, uh, the one. Yeah, I think him and Elijah Moore are probably the two that people are really, really taking a hard look at, um, especially if you're in a dynasty league for, for either one of them. Um, Matt, any other players you could think about drafting? Um, In like a regular league or like a dynasty league? Because, I mean, then you can go completely, you can go off the walls here if you want to go dynasty. But in a regular yeah, league. you can say like Zach and, you know, Garrett Wilson and like all the young guys. I guess let's say yeah, regular I would, league. I would think Brees one and then my number two jet that I would take would be Elijah. Because I think he's the mm -hmm. one who has the best chance to go over a thousand yards this year. Um, they're going to spread the ball around a lot. So, spoiler, I don't know if anyone hits a thousand just because of the amount they're going to, you know diversify who's catching the football but if anyone does it I, I think elijah moore has the best chance to do it this year yeah i think garrett wilson's gonna have like that sort of slow start to the season the same way we saw with elijah moore last year just kind of working his way through the playbook um elijah moore and Brees for me for sure uh Greenbean, anyone uh i know you, you don't really play fantasy but anyone you would think to uh that you like jet offense wise that you think uh might pop off this year in fantasy you know i think i think uh you know elijah moore might have the best potential uh i mean look you know i know a lot of people are are kind of 
calling for Garrett Wilson to have a thousand yards. And like my, you know, like Matt was talking about earlier, like he he's really an interesting one because uh, he has a lot of potential to do a lot of things. But I think it's very similar to what we saw with Elijah Moore last year. I think it's more than likely going to take a minute. The offense, you know, the offense is known to be complex. There are other talented guys on the roster. They're going to try to get him out there, but I don't think Garrett Wilson is necessarily going to explode right away. I'd love it. I'd love it. But I think Elijah Moore is primed, man. There was a five-week stretch last year where he was one of the top five, top three wide receivers in the NFL. Um, so I think uh, if that, if he could just kind of build on that second year in the system, first year in an NFL offseason program, working with Nikki, the, new, the nutritionist, she's the one who made Zach's chest look all wonderful like she did. Uh, and I think a lot can be, uh, a lot can be done. And Elijah Moore would probably, and Brees Hall, Elijah Moore and Brees Hall would be my guys for you fantasy folks. That's a, the best I got for you. Aaron Honore says, what up, brother? You guys are back. Woo-ah. Love it. Let's go. Was waiting all summer for this. Uh, Wrestling Answer says, welcome back. Two questions. Question one, did Green Bean get a house with all of the Super Chats slash Patreon funds? (laughs) Nice background, Green Bean. Yeah. Uh, Let me tell you, uh, that's not how I did it. Um, it's going to take a little while, uh, for that, but yes, I got a house. I'm in, um, in East Jabib, Virginia, uh, wherever that is. And, uh, yeah, the only thing I, I got my, I have one pizzeria in my whole town here and I got a Sicilian the other day, like two days ago. And I'm going to be real honest with you. It was potentially the worst pizza I've ever had in my life. Like that's oh. what I'm, that's what I got. The, you know, like the crust was so dry and I mean, I can't even believe it's real. The crust was so dry that I couldn't swallow it without drinking. Like I had to drink to like soften the crust. Oh, it was so bad guys. So yeah, uh, you know, that's where I am. And, uh, it definitely wasn't the super chats. It helped. It helped. <laughs> super chats are more gas money. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Uh, Q2 says, or well, his question number two. Which three players are you looking forward to see compete in camp? Uh, for me, it's Carl Lawson, Makai Becton, and Sauce Gardner. Those would be the three that I'm I'm most intrigued about, mainly because of the injuries to Carl Lawson and Makai Becton and how critical their positions are going to play in the success of this team. And then Sauce Gardner is just an athletic freak, and I'd really like to see how that sort of translates to the NFL. Matt, where do you fall on this? Oh. This is so hard to just narrow it down to only three. Which three are you looking forward to see compete in camp? Um, I'm going to go Becton and Lawson first as the first two because um, we just didn't get to see them nearly enough last year. Is it too chalk to say Zach? I really want to say Zach, though, because I want to see where he is at at this point in year two. It's a huge year for him. The attention is going to be around him. I gave you a very generic answer, but that's how I feel. Green Bean, what about you? Three players you're most excited for in camp. On camp. Uh, I know what? I'm really curious about Jermaine Johnson. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's our big swing, man. He's our big swing. 
it's been uh what is it 2006 to 2020 what is that uh 12 16 years 16 yeah, years uh, math 16. is hard wow is it 16 shit man let's get Vinny good. on here we need some algebra <laughs> yeah it's been 16 years <laughs> we've taken a premium swing at edge rusher yeah we've grabbed darren lee yeah we took leo you know but our as far as an edge rusher is concerned he's our big swing in in, a, in the better part of 20 years and i would prefer if he worked out the fact that we got him at 26 after matt o'leary and i stared at the monitor for two hours wondering what the hell the Jets just did how did we do this how did we get out of the first round without an edge so jermaine johnson's way up top for me I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, that Quinn and Williams, uh, you know, Carl Lawson, JFM moving to the inside can give Jermaine Johnson enough breathing room that he doesn't have to get like doubled and neutralized and kind of fight through that his first year. I want to see what he can do, um, you know, uh, for our pass rush alongside the other guys. And so he's way up top and I, and I'll say Brees Hall and I'm real excited to see the cornerbacks too, man. Like I, I want to see how this works out. Uh, Sauce Gardner, GJ Reed, Michael Carter. I'm real curious to see what, you know, um, Bryce Hall is going to be. I have a sneaking suspicion that they're going to have four cornerbacks out there. Like at, you know, a lot of defensive packages with two linebackers, an extra cornerback. I think that that could, that could bode really well for us. Uh, out there. And it's going to be interesting. So I'd say, uh, you know, let, let's just say sauce, Jermaine and uh, Brees. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, D Santana drops in, says, just keep thinking on how the NFL tried to mess up the season for us with the first yep. four games. I'm hoping we can go two and two or three and one. God bless Shay. Uh, S-H-E-A. But thank you. All the same. D Santana. Um, but uh, yes, the first four games of the season, you have the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, and then the Steelers. Now, I do think that the Browns without Deshaun Watson is going to be a big mm -hmm. one. This one's going to burn me up. This guy's going to get friggin' four game suspension or something stupid like that. And I'm just going to be spitting nails. Uh, I think he's going to wind up playing the whole, hey, Dan Snyder and Robert Kraft didn't get... Uh, in any trouble and the owner should be held to a higher standard than the players. And I think he's going to, he's going to get everything he wants. He's going to get the money. He's going to get the new team. He's going to get the fully guaranteed contract and he's going to have very limited time off. Um, but luckily for the New York jets, I do think we wind up missing him. So I think we can win against the Browns. I think we can win against the Steelers. I don't necessarily trust Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and I don't think who is it? Pickett that's with them. Yep. Um, I don't think he'll be playing right off the bat. Then you got to talk about Burrow and the Bengals and then Lamar and the Ravens. And those are going to be the two hard games of those four. Uh, not that the Steelers game is not going to be hard because if they lean on Najee Harris, it's going to be a, a long day for the Jets. But I do think that we've beaten the Bengals before. I think it's entirely possible with a, a more athletic team, more talent on this roster. I think it's entirely possible we could, could beat them again. Uh, and look, the Ravens are getting a lot of guys back and, you know, they might be without J.K. Dobbins. Maybe there's uh, some some rust in there with some of their other guys. The cornerback that's coming back that's escaping my name right now. Uh, and I think they had two other running backs that wound up going out with an ACL. So I don't know. I'm going to say if we can get to two and two through four games, that's a, that's a really good start to the season for the New York Jets. Matt, what are your thoughts at the beginning part of this season? 
I don't think it's as bad as what people are making it out to be. And you kind of just laid out what I was going to say with it, with why. But for instance, I don't think we're seeing Deshaun Watson in week two. And I think the Browns with Jacoby Brissett is a very winnable game. Pittsburgh is always a difficult place to play. But if we're at a point with where the Jets are in their rebuild process, where you can't compete in a game against the team that's starting either Kenny Pickett in week four of his NFL career or Mitch Trubisky trying to figure it out, then the Jets are in some trouble here. And then with the other two games, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. I I, I don't see myself picking the Jets to win that game, but I didn't pick them to win it last year. And then the Ravens in week one, I, I think it's a bad matchup for the Jets, but if there's any time we've seen the Ravens struggle, it's been early on in the year. So I think getting them early is better than getting them late in the year when they hit their stride and really start going. So maybe they find a way to three wins. I'd be surprised. But I think if you're two and two after the first four games heading into Miami at home in week five, that's a good spot. Yeah. Greenbean, what about you? How are you feeling about the beginning four games of our season? Yeah, well, I like I like what DeSantan is saying. You know, he's not the only one to say that. I mean, uh, numerous guys have come out and said, dude, the NFL's got something against the Jets here. I mean, this is, this is uh, you know, this is just downright mean. I mean, it is. You know what I mean? And we don't know what any team's going to be one year to the next. Super Bowl teams have that, 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 that follow-up lull. All kinds of things happen. We got injuries. Uh, just all kinds of stuff happens. Week one, there's always lots of upsets and all that stuff. But when you really look at it, what the hell are you doing, NFL? Why'd you do that? And not just that, the whole first eight games, it's like the hardest teams possible they gave us. Now, we know what teams we're going to play, but you could have definitely folded in a Chicago Bears, a Jaguars, a Detroit. You could have folded somebody in there in the first six games, four games, whatever it might be. So we do have an uphill battle, but here's, here's the good thing. I think that the Jets are just slow and steady building a strong team that believes in themselves, that's hardworking, talented, and I think – that a lot of people out there buy into the press that the Jets are just going to suck. They're going to be embarrassing. They're going to be a piss-poor team. And if a team like the Ravens week one uh, fall for that, while they're still trying to shake off all their rust from, uh, dude, they had as many injuries, if not more, as we did last year. They're shaking it off, and if they think they're going to come in and not get punched in the mouth. Maybe we maybe we could take advantage of them, man. And and again, you know, there's always big upsets. Uh, week one, I think that that's possible. But I think uh, two and two, like Ryan said, if we can come out of the first four games two and two, it's a success. Uh, I think it's possible. And uh, I also think that uh, that we're going to win three of them. So there's that. Ooh, green bean, getting me all sorts of excited. For week one, uh, we got our buddy Nosekills dropping in with another super chat. Says, what's your favorite Zach Milf joke? One I heard on Jake Asman's video was something like, uh, Zach became the first quarterback since Mahomes to score 40 plus in year two. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's good. Oh, I love it. I'll be honest, I haven't really paid too close attention to the the, the jokes as much as it was like the memes. I felt like the memes were were 
priceless. Matt, you had yeah. a really good one with the graduate. The graduate. I, oh. I made one with, um, oh God, it was Stifler's mom uh, from oh, yeah. American Pie. That was that was pretty funny. Green Bean, you see anything funny with uh, with Zach and the, the whole MILF thing? No. I think the best thing that came out was Zach Wilson's tweet. I, I, I did, you know, did I miss anything? I haven't had internet service. That to me is, is that's pure comedy. That's, <laughs> that's high good. level comedy, bro. And that was that the was best. Good. That really made me smile. That was a great answer. Uh, Lord Supreme says, where do you think our offense and defense will rank this year? Oh, this is going to be a good one. Okay. So for me, I want to see with as much as has, as much as has been put into this offense, you got all the high draft picks. You've got the quarterback in year two. You've got like arguably running back number one, arguably wide receiver number one. You have Elijah Moore coming back. I would like to see this offense be no worse than top 15. I think that has every possibility of happening. Um, I shouldn't say no worse. I where Where did we rank last year? 27 or eight? It was like towards the back end of it. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm 20 because 20 doesn't feel like it's a big enough jump for the amount of like improvements we've made. I'm going to say I want to be around 15, you know, plus or minus one or two is okay by me. But then defensive wise, we ranked 32nd. And I think just purely by getting your edge rushers back, getting healthy safeties, and then improving the cornerback room uh, and the defensive line across the board in general and the offense scoring more points, I think it's going to create some opportunities to create some strip sacks with the guys up front and some errant passes where Sauce and Reed and Whitehead could possibly get some interceptions. I think the defense is probably going to be sitting somewhere close to the same. I would say right around 15. Uh, we have a tough schedule, so it wouldn't shock me if we you know, didn't quite make that mark. But I do think going from 32 to, to close to 15 would be a pretty nice step forward this year, and then it gives you a nice springboard going into next season. Matt, where do you want to see the offense and defense rank? 15 was the number that I was going to say for the offense. I think somewhere right around the middle. Uh, they were 28 last year. At times, mm -hmm. in the, especially in the second half, looked much better. But, you know, the, the NFL, they are some high-powered offenses. So I think it's going to be hard to get towards the top 10. Um, but if they're on, you know, if they're creeping towards that, then that's even better. Defense, I think, is going to improve, but I still think has some holes. So I'm going to say 22 for defense, which... I mean, going from a 32 to 22 is a pretty good leap. And I think you could at least be competitive with a defense that's okay to mediocre rather than just an abysmal defense, which is what they had last year. Yeah, if you could be a bend but don't break, you could give up a you know a shit ton of yards but still wind up being all right if you can create some turnovers and things like that. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see where they end up. Greenbean, what about you? Where do you see the offense and defense ranking this year? Top five offense, uh, dead last defense. How, how? What would our record be, you think? What, what do we look like if that happens? <laughs> Top five offense, dead last defense. Uh, what do we do? We I win? Don't know. It's got to be pretty good. Offense is king right now. So if you can if you can score points, you don't really need defense. But, man, right. that's – All we got to do is nice. score more. Uh, I, I think what I'm really looking for, man, are like leaps, you know, like – Look, I, 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 as much as anybody out there, I would love to be the Cinderella team that wins the Super Bowl. Okay, and not if not for anything else, I want to see all the guys betting a hundred bucks. I want to see you guys get your thirteen grand or whatever it is. I'm rooting for that too. 
I can't gamble. So I'm fucking, I'm, I'm into it, man. I want to see you guys win. But uh, all I'm really looking for is for this rebuild to actually be working. Like we saw a, a concentrated and calculated tear down. We saw rebuilding from the, from the medical to the nutritionist, to the quarterback, to the everything, coaches. And I just want to see the team moving in the right direction. So if we get to somewhere in the middle of the pack on both of them, like let's say we're the, you know, the 22nd uh, defense and we're the 18th offense, like, and we're, and we're an eight win team, dude, that's perfect for me. You know, do I want more? Of course I do. But that to me is perfect. We win eight games. We're middle of the pack. We know we we know we can score points. We know we can play tough defense, but we're just not mature enough. We're just not there yet. That would be great for me. And I thought I don't think it's all that unrealistic either. Uh, Tim O'Reilly, we're going to get to your super chat in just a second. Mutt Files jumps the line, dropping a $20 super chat. Thank you, dude. Uh, he says, what's good, Jet fans? Hope everyone's having a great summer. Happy to see the panel back in action. Healthy camp, playoff season. Does this defense, if healthy, become a top 10 defense? Week one going to be fire and getting a win, Super Bowl bound. Oh, man. Oh, man, we're talking Super Bowl. I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> <laughs> this soundboard is going to be fantastic all season. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, all right. Yeah. Look, I, I hope this could be a top 10 defense, but if we're going from 32, we just got to look better. I'm not going to, not going to get too crazy. Greenbean, you think this defense could be top 10? No. What about you, Matt? You think this defense could be top 10? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. Linebackers are really bad. Yeah. No. No, white, right, right. and I'm sure Maddie I would love it. I would love it. You know what? Like, what if we could pick one stat that we mm -hmm. could be top 10 on defense? What stat is it? What, what stat do we Turnovers. Absolutely. Like that. That's a good answer. That is the best indicator say for success. Yeah. I was going to say sacks too, man. Sacks is but a fun turnovers, one. Turnovers, I think, might be better. Turnovers might a be A sack better. is it almost is a turnover. It could, it could, like, it's like... You know, you get the fumble. If you're getting sacks, you could get strip sacks. You could get, you know, big time negative yards that could turn on until third and longs that create more turnovers. Like those are the two key stats for sure. Um, yeah, I like Tim O'Reilly says, any of you guys reading Mike Westoff's book? Um, yeah. I'm not because I just don't have time Green to read, or at least I don't make time to read. Greenbean, you reading Westoff's book? I read it. Yeah, it's fucking excellent, man. And, and I, and I mean that, like, if you want to know, like he was around, uh, like when there wasn't really a special teams coach, there wasn't players specific to special teams. And he really is really, he's kind of looked at as, as one of the guys who created it. An interesting thing he said in the book, remember Bud Carson, Bud Carson was uh, a great defensive coordinator that we had. He, he was, um, responsible for the sack exchange right so uh, and many others but he he he's the architect of the sack exchange he literally mike westhoff went to bud carson and implemented his defensive tactics for special teams like bud carson's defense is how we how he built his special teams it's fuck it's such a fascinating book he was on the coaching staff that, you know, the Baltimore Colts, when they left in the middle of the night, when they left Baltimore, mm -hmm. he told us the whole thing on, dude, we did a great interview with him, not to like 
toot my horn, but the fact that when he was on our channel, he was fantastic. Dude, he broke down like that whole way when the when the Colts left in the middle of the night. He told us everything that happened, all the emotions. Dude, the book is fascinating. If you're interested in just football and history and all that kind of shit, you're gonna love it. It's a it's a great book. And I, I mean that sincerely. I wouldn't say it if I didn't like it. Guys, for yeah, all of you I watched Ooh, No, go for it. I was just gonna say no, I was gonna button. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I watched the entire Green Bean stream with Westhoff on, mm -hmm. which he was on for like, what, like two hours, right? Green Bean, if, if he was on for a while, uh, which, was, yeah. which was awesome. But he he's electric, so I could only imagine the stories that are in that book. I felt like I got a great idea from just that stream, but super interesting guy. And I thought it was so cool that he gave you the time uh, to you know talk to him for that long. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. For those of you guys just tuning in, Green Bean is going to have Connor Hughes on his after hours uh, stream after this stream over on his channel. So make sure you uh, check out that. It's going to be the heavyweight bout of the season. Uh, and then if you guys are just coming in, make sure you hit that like button. For every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a t-shirt qualifier for the end of this stream. We're going to give away a t-shirt. And then if you're watching after the stream, all you have to do is leave a comment down below on this video, you'll be entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. And if you retweet this stream, go over to my Twitter, retweet the stream, uh, and you'll be double entered for your t-shirt giveaway tonight. And uh, you know, we'll save it for tomorrow too if you retweet it afterwards. We'll do it for next week too. Uh, Kevin C drops in with a super chat, says 46 days till the home opener at Jet Life, but who's counting? Great to see you all back, amped and headed to camp Saturday. Jet up, let's go. Kevin C, I'm gonna be there. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think uh, a lot of Jet fans are gonna be getting really fired up seeing all these young kids out there playing. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Um, I think Richie, I'm pretty sure Richie's going to be there. Matt, I think you said you were you on a trip or something? Is that what was going on? Or was that for the green and white scrimmage? For the green and white scrimmage, yeah. I'm going to be in Chicago. I'm road tripping to Chicago, so I will not be there, unfortunately. Ah, damn. Matt and I got to sit there with Ali last year. And, it was uh, the best. I love uh, the green and white scrimmage. I'm upset I'm missing it, yeah. Uh, that was when I learned how tall Matt was. It was... He dwarfed me. <laughs> I am not. Oh, Matt's like six foot 11, sort of rounding up Close. with, uh, you know, algebra and stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here. What, who's up next? Uh, Evan. Evan drops in, says, as a Canadian Jets fan who's only been to a couple of games, what's the best but still affordable sections to sit in MetLife, where to stay any advice? Uh, I'm a big fan of the nosebleeds. I know a lot of people like sitting lower or in the end zones. Um, I don't particularly like being in the end zone uh, just because you don't see the other side of the field super well. And then we had season tickets in section 327, second to last row at Giant Stadium uh, when I was growing up. And you could, you actually got to see you know, almost like what the offensive coordinator sees with the floor in the booth, you're watching the plays kind of develop and what guys get open and how much space there is between him, you know, a receiver and a defender. And I always liked that aspect of the game. So if it were me, I would look maybe like, you know, 30 yard line towards a corner. Like you'd still get a good enough view. That's still pretty cheap. 
Uh, make sure you get your parking pass nice and early because those uh, definitely skyrocket in price. And I think I paid like $80 for my parking pass last year, which is friggin' insane. Um, as far as where to week. stay, I'm not too sure. I've never tried to stay anywhere near the stadium. I live close enough that I just commute. Um, Greenbean, I know you're, you know, might be a little more seasoned uh, in yeah. the, the MetLife jet giant stadium surrounding areas. Yeah, but it's not a good, it wasn't a good season when I was over there. I can tell you guys, uh, if you're going to get any crack cocaine, uh, there's a really good motel <laughs> called the, uh, I think it's called the Meadowlands Motel. Uh, it's, mwah. for that, it's probably as good as you're going to get. It feels really like they're going to leave you alone, all that stuff. There's a strip club right down the street. It's really good. Uh, mm. As far as that, uh, all I can say, last year, my parking pass, I ended up paying 110 dollars for parking pass i i was gonna i couldn't even believe it i i was like almost not gonna buy it you know what i mean like mm -hmm. in protest but then they wouldn't that came get it. i couldn't go so you have to buy it i i i second what ryan said dude if you're going mm -hmm. if you have a ticket buy your your parking pass if it's 50 60 just get it because it's going to be more expensive later mm -hmm. it's it's going to uh look here's my advice it's funny i just wrote a blog i write blogs for a travel uh, a travel site, right? And one, I just did um, uh, uh, the uh, DreamWorks Water Park, right? And my advice to them is my advice to you guys, if you're staying anywhere, if you're visiting, or you're going to stay around there, go with the big names, the Marriott's, mm -hmm. the Hilton's, the Lowe's, the Double Trees. Don't play games. There's a lot of crazy shit in that area, man. Believe me when I tell you, uh, just go with Hilton and pay the extra 50 bucks. That's my advice uh fat gandalf <laughs> drops in uh god i remember driving past that strip club as a kid and being like oh gentleman's club i could be a gentleman and then my dad's like that's not what that is <laughs> um, no <laughs> uh fat gandalf says bean come visit me in rally there's a defara's pizza in cary nephew of the late dom fiara of brooklyn they use oh. New York water. It's glorious. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if I come down to Raleigh, I'll be going. Well, it's not right there. It's uh, yeah. I think it is close to Raleigh. Um, but I'm gonna be hitting, uh, and it might be soon, uh, Carowinds uh, amusement park because of the 325 foot Giga Coaster Fury 325. So if I go down there, Fat Gandalf, I'll let you know. But you have to agree to sit front row on that bad boy with me while I have a wrist camera and can film us. That's the deal. If you agree to that, we'll go sit down and have some pizza. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Wrestling Answer comes in with a super chat, says, proud of you, Bean, and congrats on the house. Proud of you all for the great show and coverage. Uh, let's go Jets 2022-2023 season, hoping for eight and nine with growth. Yeah, we are... Growers, not showers. That's the uh, that's what I'm going with. I'm okay with that. Okay, I don't don't mind that. Surprise him, <laughs> catch him off guard. Uh, between that and the Zach Wilson stuff, it's just it's too good. It just right yeah. the jokes write write themselves. Um, but thank you, Buffalo wrestling answer. I, I, I appreciate the love. Buffalo Jet fan drops in again. Says you mentioned the playoffs. 
and people faint in the street. Nearly half the damn league gets in, <laughs> should be nipping at the seven seed. No excuses, all gas, no break. Uh, so yeah, now that they've expanded the playoffs, this is what, year two with the expanded playoffs or year three? Um, two. Year two. I think. Yeah. I think it's year three. I think it's the second year with the 17 game season, but I think it's the third year with the seventh seed. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, I think uh, you got. Now I'm not so sure. The chat will let us know if we're wrong. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's just tough. The AFC is so hard. Without batting an eyelash, you're talking the Ravens, the uh, Bills, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the, you know, the Colts, the. I mean, the, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Chargers, like, like there's just a ton of teams, not to mention our own division. If we can get out of our own way, you got to win your division first. So you can't worry too, too much. But if, ah, dude, seven seed, if the Jets could be nipping at the seven seed, like I'm talking, I want to see little Jet logo in the bottom of the screen. There's an outside chance the Jets could get into the playoffs, you know, end of November, beginning of December, as long as we're still there and we're playing relevant games that late in the season, I think that's a pretty good sign for where our team's headed. I'm not going to say playoffs are bust, but I really think uh, we have an opportunity to show the rest of the league that we could play some good football, and I think we could be a destination for free agents to come to next year because of that. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on possibly nipping at the seven seed? I think it's unlikely just because of how many other quality teams there are in the AFC. For instance, like the you can make a case the entire AFC West should be in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and then you have teams like uh, the Ravens, the Bengals, who they're going to be, you know, those teams will be competitive there. Um, I hope the Jets are in the conversation for that seven seed. I think that'd be really, really nice. But I'm, I guess my realistic expectation is that they are, you know, that seven, eight, maybe nine win team. That's just kind of a pain in the ass to deal with and a team that nobody really wants to play. But I think they're a year away from being that playoff team we're hoping for. Greenbean, how are you feeling about possibly nipping at the seven seed? Yeah, well, I think nipping, right? I'd like a little nip action, like uh, maybe in December, like we have hope. You know what I mean? Like, look, dude, there's there's nothing that says that we're not allowed to to compete, right? There's nothing that says that. I know a lot of Jets fans and a lot of even Jets players that have been here, they come here to get the contract. They think, ah, we're just going to come here and suck and we're going to play at 50% speed. And if I, if I injure my toe, I'm going to sit down for three weeks, that kind of stuff. That's not here right now. We have a whole collection of young dudes who weren't told that they're not allowed to have fantastic NFL careers, that they're not allowed to be perennial pro bowlers or hall of famers, or they don't know that. And so if we actually, if Salah can actually coach, right? I feel pretty good about LaFleur. He's at least showed us, you know, showed us that he has some ability to, to account, you know, uh, account for uh, deficiencies. And he was pretty exciting. Uh, Olbricht is a little, a little less confident in Olbricht, but if Salah can coach, man, there's no reason that we can't compete with these teams. And look, injuries happen around the NFL. Teams implode. There are teams that are, are picked to be in the playoff hunt and their coach is fired week eight. Like it happens all the time. So if we can just be that team that is consistent, playing professional, like, you know, respectful uh, football, just going about our business. There's no reason to think that we can't be that team. 
That all said, I think at the end of the day, it'll more likely be with more closer to what Matt was saying. And I think next year is probably our year where we're talking about uh, really competing for something. But I think we could nip. Why not chew at the ankles of the seventh spot all, all, all December? Thomas Cahill says, I think we are underestimating these Jets. Prepare to be surprised. I think that's what a lot of Jet fans are feeling. I don't think it's necessarily that we're underselling it. I think it's the rest of the league and, you know, major sports media. Those are probably the, the areas that are underselling the Jets. I think a lot of Jet fans understand there's a lot of potential, a lot of hope. You know, we have a lot of young talent and will it all click? A lot of it hangs on Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson continues to progress the way he was progressing late in the season with minimal talent, you know, getting his talent back, plus having a whole offseason to work with the playbook, I think we can surprise some teams. I think we can take that big jump. When you look at the second year quarterbacks and you're looking at Mac Jones, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Davis Mills. Of all the quarterbacks, I feel that Zach has the most potential to increase his stock of any of the quarterbacks that are uh, going into their second year. Matt, how do you feel about that? Do you think that the Jets and Zach Wilson have the best shot to really springboard of the second year quarterbacks? Or do you think there's another quarterback out there that might, you know, compete for that spot? Um, I would say maybe throw Trey Lance into that conversation because mm-hmm. I think the 49ers overall team is really, really good. Um, so I think those two, both Trey Lance and Zach are in the best situations for young teams uh, or for young quarterbacks rather. Um, for me, obviously Mac Jones, I just think of as someone who's just going to always kind of be like middle of the pack kind of a guy. And I think mm-hmm. their team got a little bit worse, but having Bill Belichick, that's going to help him. So maybe that evens it out a little bit. Davis Mills, I feel bad for Justin Fields. I feel bad for uh, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how I feel about that offseason. They spent a ton of money, but I don't know if it was the right decision. So we'll see. I think he's talented enough to compensate there a little bit. But I would say Wilson and Trey Lance are in the best situations for the uh, two, two young quarterbacks. Greenbean, you think we're being uh, underestimated by the media? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think absolutely. Like, like, again, it's it's easy. Like, let's uh, let's say you're a national media guy and you got 30 and you're covering the NFL. You got 32 teams and Deshaun Watson court case to cover this year. Right. And mm. you're just like you're going through the stories and everything. And then you get to the Jets. It's easy just to say the Jets are going to suck because it's been true. For over a decade. I mean, shit, there are guys that are, you know, 25 years old that the last time the Jets did anything, they they were 14 years old. You know what I mean? So it's very easy for people just to assume that the Jets suck. And I think there's a lot of that going on. Um, Now, as far as, you know, uh, whether or not Zach Wilson uh, takes us there, you know, the 4,000 yards we're talking about. Dude, again, if the line can protect him, I think Zach Wilson Hey, he's got the arm, he's got the legs, he's got the work ethic, he's got the brain, he's got everything you want in a quarterback, and he's not small. He's over six foot two inches tall. Like, he's got everything. If he can play and Sala can coach, we're going to surprise people, man. NY Jets Situation Report says, Welcome back, guys. Who leads the Jets in sacks? 
Uh, I really hope it's Carl Lawson because one, I'm most excited for him. I think he's the most developed of our pass rushers for sure. But I also, uh, I, I just want to see him come back healthy. And I don't know what that number looks like. We're going to have a healthy rotation of guys. So our top sack guy might be near 10 sacks, like nine sacks might lead the way for the New York Jets, but we might have a lot of sacks as a team uh, overall. So Carl Lawson for me getting around nine sacks would be a, a hell of a season. Matt, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's going to be Carl Lawson. Um, I think if he's healthy, he has double digit sack potential. Um, I would like to see him get to 12. I think there's a world mm -hmm. where he can do that. And uh, I know his career high going into this year, I think is six, but I think he's someone who would thrive with the interior rush that JFM uh, and Quinn and Williams are going to provide. And then Jermaine Johnson on the other side, rotating with Huff and, you know, the veteran guys on the bottom of that roster is going to make a big improvement. So I'd like it to be Jermaine Johnson. I don't think he's going to do that as a rookie. Um, I think it's definitely going to be Carl Lawson on the other side, though. Greenbeam, what about you? Who leads the way with sacks this year? Well, unlike what our good friend TJ Decker is saying in the chat, uh, I think, I think this, okay? This is really what I think. It's not a joke. Because of Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson and JFM and Michael Clemens and all the guys, I think Quinnen Williams is going to explode, and I'm predicting 14. Big bad Ooh. sacks from the inside. Quinnen is an absolute force. We're going to be forced to pay him $29 million, and he will never have another season like this again. Oh, that's that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I almost. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. This is just the he beginning is. of I winning one. See, I want him to earn that $20 million. I want him to be able to get to that yeah. threshold. If he can get 12, 14 sacks, would love to pay him $20 million a year. I think that is would be absolutely massive for this team. Um, I'm concerned with the amount of substitutions we're going to see if he'll actually be able to get to that number. And if it's, I don't know if it's going to be worth it to extend a guy for $20 million when you're having such a rotation, like if he's going to play 41% of the snaps, like that's a ton of money to devote to one person. And it really feels uh, like a kick in the nuts. Um, so hopefully he plays well this year. Hopefully we got a lot of sacks and everything else takes care of itself. But you know what, Ryan, uh, remember, I don't know. A lot of people didn't talk about this. It, it didn't get as much hubbub as, the initial statements from Ulbricht, like Salah actually clarified a little bit. And he said that Ulbricht, the reason that he came up with that number is because mm -hmm. he actually believes that his defense is going to get off the field in four downs, right? So it's going to be three downs and out. So if they did get off the field in three downs, 70% of the time, then 30 plays or, or, you know, 70 percent 60 percent whatever it is um then that you know what i mean like it's a totally different thing like if we're talking about him playing uh 70 and which is 30 plays a game uh, we all look at it as a low number but if the defense is only on there for three plays in a drive then it mm. works see what i'm saying it's it's fucking brilliant like that's i actually that was endearing to me by Ulbricht. the reason he's saying those numbers is because he thinks his defense is going to get off the field 
Imagine that. If that happens, we're going to be good. Quinn and Williams sack every single third down of the season. What do you think? Ooh, I love it. He's going to destroy the sack record this year. Uh, Thomas Cahill says, the AFC North has a tough opening schedule because they have to play the New York Jets. I completely agree, Thomas. Um, Landon drops in, says, Ryan and Matt, if the Rangers and Yankees winning a cup series meant the Jets won the Super Bowl, would you root for them this year? If no, how many Super Bowl wins would it take? Um... Uh, see this is tough and <laughs> i know i'm gonna piss off a lot of people but i uh i would fancy myself a rangers fan and then i would say i'm a new york fan i want to see the mets do well but i've been to more yankee games i'm really not a baseball fan I'll, i have to admit um but i definitely I, I lean more yankees so if the rangers and yankees wound up winning a series and a cup and the jets won a super bowl i'd be a pretty happy fan no, I'm not doing this. There's, it, they could say infinity Super Bowls. I'm not doing it. Because fuck them. That's why. You're see, you're and a good no, fan. And mm. also too, like I don't want to know when the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. I want to be surprised mm. and like enjoy the ride and the suspense of oh, is this going to be the year? If it's like oh, mm -hmm. if the Rangers and uh, Yankees and uh, NYFC win the championship this year. But the Jets also win the championship this year. Would you do it? Well, that kind of ruins the fun out of a Super Bowl run then, doesn't it? Are you telling me you would not take a Super Bowl for the New York Jets if you had to see the other guys win? Would you say, nope, I don't want the Super Bowl this year because they won? Don't you do it. I wouldn't say no. I don't. I wouldn't say no. I it's not like I wouldn't take it. Like if, if that just so happened, I'd be happy because my team won the Super Bowl. But it would also be kind of annoying because I, I really the one I really don't want to see is the Rangers because they are they talk like Yankee fans, but have history similar to the Jets. They have won Stanley Cup since they cured polio and they act like they've had <laughs> 28 championships. Uh, this is sad. That's all right. It's all right. I should probably pretend I'm more of a Mets fan than an Islanders fan, but I can't do that. I can't lie. I just can't lie. Um, Dylan Grace. Dylan drops in, says, It's still very early, but what do you guys think the Jets are doing to prepare for week one against the Ravens? Right now, they're just preparing for football in general. Uh, but I do think when they eventually start game planning for the Ravens, I would love to see the game plan be one, run the ball a lot, keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands, and two, I want Quincy Williams spying Lamar Jackson the entire day. I want a heat-seeking missile launching himself yeah. at Lamar Jackson. I want him to hate every time he gets hit. I want him to think twice before he runs with the ball. I want us to be able to blitz him, keep him in the pocket, and I don't know if that's going to be the case, but if we can have Quincy spy him, I think he's fast enough to at least head him off at a good angle. Uh, and we don't really like Quincy's uh, pass protection anyway. So that, that would kind of be where I would go with that. Green Bean, what about you? Um, I'm sorry. I got lost in the chat. What were you saying? I heard you, <laughs> right. but I couldn't. I can't put it together. I'm sorry. My bad. It's all right. So week one, how are the Jets preparing for the Ravens? Oh, I know what you were saying. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. 
whoever the hell we have spying Lamar Jackson, which somebody has to. We can't have this old bricked sticking with his system no matter what's happening. We're getting burned every play, but we still leave Javelin Gidry on, on digs, like that kind of stuff. We can't do that. Somebody has to spy on Lamar Jackson. Whoever it is has to be able to to uh, nullify his attempts at juking the living shit out of them. It's got to be, he's got to be able to tackle Lamar Jackson. Like if it's Quincy Williams, fantastic. Like what you were saying, when he gets hit by Quincy Williams, he's going to feel it. So that's great. But can he juke Quincy Williams out of his, out of his shoes is what I'm concerned about. So I think number one, you have to, you have to keep a spy on uh, Lamar Jackson. I think it probably should be Jordan Whitehead. Just keep mm. him on him. He's your responsibility all day long. If he hands the ball to a running back, lay into him. Other than that, you are on Lamar Jackson. He cannot beat us with his legs, uh, that kind of a thing. And then in addition to that, I think the best move we could make is utilizing our running backs and tight ends to keep that goddamn offense off of theirs off the, off the field. That's what we got to do. Ball mm-hmm. control offense, long sustained, twenty six minute drives if we can. As long as you know, just every, two drives. Just, that's all we need. <laughs> just, just keep them yeah. off the damn field. And I think we have a, I think we have a shot. Beat them up, punch them in the mouth, keep the offense off the field. Don't let Jam- uh, Lamar Jackson do whatever you can to to take Lamar Jackson beating you singularly off the field. And I think we got a, we got a shot. Matt, I want to hear your thoughts. How are you stopping Lamar? Have someone follow him. I would say Jordan Whitehead, mm-hmm. probably. Um, I don't think CJ Mosley's fast enough to keep up with him anymore. Um, so I would think Jordan Whitehead kind of just hanging around, to, playing a little spy on him. Um, mm-hmm. And I would, I would load the box and say, beat me deep. Um, he has the capacity to do it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think that's your best opportunity uh, to win this game is getting pressure to him up the middle and uh, containing him. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tall task. Bumtaz drops in. What's up, dude? Uh, he says, for me, middle of the pack is the minimum. Only questions on offense are Wilson and Becton and on defense, the linebackers. We are running out of excuses because if we are still bad, exactly what we, uh, if we are still bad, what will we improve next year? Check anniversary chats. Uh, oh, sorry, Green. Uh, sorry, Mumtaz. So the, the anniversary chats for some reason are not popping up to me. I can't see them the way I normally was able to see them. I think it's something to do with me sending it to a few different platforms. So I'll. It's an anniversary chat. What's that? So when when we have know. a member that uh, <laughs> has been a member for however long, each month they get a like a super chat, and for some reason they're not popping up in my like clickable showing thing. So I gotta troubleshoot that. So Mumtaz, I'll take a look at that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, what would we try to improve next year? Before we even go into this season, I'm looking for 2023. I would love to go out there and get Jesse Bates in free agency. And then I'd love to go into the draft and go for best player available at either linebacker or center. Those would be the positions that I'm looking at, possibly tackle depending on what happens with George Fant. I do think if we don't sign him to a contract, 
there's no way we let him leave. And I think we franchise tag him at the very least. Um, but I think those would be the positions I'd probably be looking at center linebacker safety, uh, going into the off season. Matt, what about you? Where are you kind of looking? Where would the weaknesses be if you're looking right now for 2023? Uh, so like next off season, uh, in that range, yeah. like what you're focusing on. Yeah. Um, like what could be a weakness this year? I'm, I'm going to say linebacker, free safety, center, mm-hmm. and hopefully you figure something out with Fant so that tackle doesn't become an issue again. Greenbean, what about you? Are you on the same wavelength as Matt and I? I didn't hear you guys. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. With we, oh, I'm it's sorry. all right. Greenbean, Greenbean's active in the chat. I love it. I should recite the yeah. question when I, when I go to you. Uh, okay, so... If we were bad this year, or if there were positions to be concerned about, what positions do you envision those being, and what do you think we're going to be looking to target next offseason, position-wise? If we're bad, like if we are a bad team, I think let's not say that. Let's let, 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 let's say we're 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 a halfway decent team, but we have bad aspects of it. What do you okay. think our bad spots are going to be for next year that we need to improve? Uh, I, I agree with you guys that linebacker would probably be in the mix. Um, I, I, you know, a safety might be in the mix. Like maybe we're getting burned deep all day or, you know, Ashton Davis is just bad angle after bad angle kind of a thing or, and Lamar, you know, LaMarcus Joyner's hurt and all that kind of stuff. I think linebacker safety offensively, you know, what's, it's funny to say this. I, I want to let you guys know, I'm, I feel weird saying this, but I find it hard to imagine a positional group on the offense that is going to come out of this season as weak. You know what I mean? Unless it's like injuries all over the place. I don't know. I think like like you were saying, I heard you say BPA, you know, best player available um, at the, you know, I think linebacker safety probably are going to be up there, but I don't know. That's center weird. for me is center is the one for me because McGovern's going into his last year. That's, that's, that's kind of the, the only piece unless like maybe the tight ends really fall apart, but I don't see that happening. Um, especially cause we got him a multi-year deal. So we're at least bringing him back next year, but center is That's an interesting good. one. That's a good one. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> Dom C Dom C drops in. This looks like it's going to be our last, uh, super chat of the night. Uh, Matt, I'm going to have you go over to Twitter and take a look at, what we got retweet wise uh, and green bean. If you're not caught up on how many uh, likes we have and qualifiers we have, you could do that. Uh, Dom C drops in with a super chat says, welcome back guys. Matt told us he doesn't like our linebackers. What other holes in the roster worry you also anyone in need of parking pass for week one, hit me up, not using mine. Dom C this guy, <laughs> I haven't gotten my parking pass yet, so I gotta, I gotta get my parking pass. Um, uh-huh. Sack Exchange said he was gonna send us some kind of code for a discounted one. I don't know if that just means it's like season pass holder price or whatever, but um, I still have not gotten my season my my parking pass for week one. So if you're looking to get rid of it, let me know. Um, hey, I remember outside of when that, it was ten bucks to get in that. Stadium. Oh yeah, $10. I remember going when it was ten bucks. It wasn't that long. Well, I mean, it was long ago now. It's probably twenty years ago, but. I, they switched to 20 bucks, probably like, probably 2000, 
two, three, somewhere in there. And I remember my dad being really irritated by it. Um, And then I don't know if we were still going when they made it 30, uh, because I think it's 30 now for season ticket holders per game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but as far as outraged, outraged. Yeah. When went to oh yeah. Dude, my dad was <laughs> pissed. <laughs> he was so mad. Um, as far as holes to worry about on the roster. Um, I feel like linebacker is the really big one because depending on what happens with Quinnen, maybe there's something squirrely that goes on with Quincy. I don't see us holding on to CJ unless he really takes a big pay cut and doesn't want to leave, but I could see a situation where he winds up going maybe back to Baltimore. Um, I think he just kind of jumped for us because of the money, but I could see him finishing out his career down there. I, mm. It's got to be linebacker and safety. The the two positions that we were kind of really yeah. talking about going into next offseason as being big needs, I think those are going to be the holes that wind up happening. Like, I think Whitehead will be fine, but like we haven't seen LaMarcus Joyner play safety in like four years Ashton Davis has been taking bad angles and I don't know if we have that second safety on the roster and we may get burnt over the top a little bit because of it. And I do think the linebackers could cause us a bunch of headaches in the screen game. Like we saw last year, uh, Matt, what holes would you consider are on our roster right now? So two things. One, I'm going to answer that question, but just quickly want to toss out there. I am for opening day. I am staying at, uh the marriott and was wondering if anyone knew if you are able to walk from the marriott to the parking lot if that's a possibility or not interesting uh or if i would have to drive the half a mile or whatever it is i don't know so just tossing that out in the chat to see if anyone knows that because that are you going to be playing frogger on the highway what is that route three that goes by right there (laughs) it's like you're gonna look like the frog going across Right. It is about as dangerous of a stretch of highway as you can possibly do. I, I have parked years ago in uh, medieval times and run across. It was terrifying. And I don't remember if they have the fence between the median anymore. Uh, they have that. You should look on Google Maps and stuff and explore your route. It's possible. It's possible. Are you, are you bringing your girl? Yeah. Oh, Matt? yeah. Oh, someone says Spring Hills. Yes. Someone says Spring Hill Suites. Yeah, you got to drive from there. So I will also be looking for a parking pass. I suppose. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Frogger. Um, yeah, I'm not playing Frogger. But sorry, to answer the question about the holes, uh, it's the ones that you mentioned. It's linebacker and safety. More specifically, free safety. I'm good with Jordan Whitehead, but uh, I am really not a... Uh, fan of Ashton Davis. And I think LaMarcus Joyner is a question mark because of the injuries over the last couple of years. Um, and linebacker outside of CJ Mosley is barren. We'll see if Quincy Williams is a little more consistent this year. And we'll see if uh, the youngsters like Sherwood and Nazaldine are able to take a step. But both those guys missed a ton of time last year and uh, should be interesting. Uh, Green Bean, aside from Zach Wilson's mom's best friend, what other holes do we need to fill? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, uh, what holes do we need? I don't know, man. I'm not really all that worried. You know what I mean? Like, look, it, like, can Pinnock end up being a player? Like, I'm sincerely interested in how a lot of these guys develop, but I think we did a damn good job. 
uh, you know, stocking the team. I think you got a good one, Ryan. I am concerned about not concerned, but I'm curious to see how McGovern does with an actual with guys mm-hmm. next to him. Is he that top ten center? that uh, some organizations seem to think he is. I don't know, but I think linebacker safety are kind of where my concerns lie, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, guys, we have reached the end of our stream. Uh, so if you have not heard, Green Bean's going to be doing a big-time stream over on his channel after this, so make sure you tune in over there. He's got Connor Hughes, the heavyweight bout of the season, pay-per-view. <laughs> Um, Ooh, the jet show says, Ryan, we missed the ejection from the cockpit. Don't you worry. The chicken's coming back. The call-in show is probably going to wind up happening a little bit closer to the start of the season. Uh, I'm still going to take a few more weeks off for just now, uh, but it'll be coming back. Uh, but yes, green is going to be having Connor Hughes on his, uh, his channel in just Can't a few wait. minutes. Can't just wait. A few minutes away. Can't wait. There it is. It's fun. <laughs> I could do this all night. Can't wait. Hit it. You play to win the game. <laughs> Sorry. That's the best one ever. Uh, it's so good. Um, all right. Hello. So we have reached the end of our stream. So we're going to play a little bit of odds or evens. Uh, Matt, you want to rattle off some names that retweeted the stream. So that way Green Bean can add them to his list. Green Bean, There's these guys two, are going to be. So it's not going to take very long. Ooh. Wow. That's disappointing. Okay, let's do it. You, you got Sam and Boys in the Big Apple. Boys like in the Big Apple. Oh, wait, apple. no, I'm sorry. There was, uh, no, I, I, I messed that up big time. I think people went back because now there's a bunch of retweets, but I was I, I was clicked on quote tweets. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, yeah. I'm looking at it. I was like, I saw like, a, <laughs> I thought I saw a decent amount, but all right. Let's see what uh, we got. That's my bed. How many do you Way need? Way to then? go. I'll just rattle. I really uh, dropped the ball. Pick, pick five. Let's pick five. Don't hurt yourself. Okay. Ro- Roland Ello. E L L O. Wait, what? Listening. What, what is it? Rowan? Roland. R O L A N D. L O. E L L O is one. J E L L O. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe V eighty, Joe V eighty one. Okay. Josh Alfonso. Landon Han, H A A N. A N N. Oh, A N. Okay, got it. And we'll go Ricky Lopez. All right. Got a whole bunch of dudes. All right. Let's go. Odds or evens, boys and girls? Three, two, one. That's five. That's an odd number. All right. Odd number. Here we go. Okay. Braden, you're out from New Zealand. Eric Uh, Craig, you're out, buddy. Uh, Beth Page, Chris, you're gone. Our boy from UK, Phil Adams is gone. Stud City, you're out. Uh, Nick W, you're out, buddy. I'm sorry. Hawk is out. Uh, Sam is out. Joe V81 is out. And Landon Han is out. All right. Three, two, one. That's an even. That's a six. 
All right. Mark Riz, you're out. Anthony G, you're out. Submissions, you're out. Jets forever, you're out. Roland Elo and Ricky Lopez, they are gone. All right, three, two, one. That's a seven. Odd number. An odd, okay. All right. Ryan Jett, you're gone. Trevor from Canada, you're out. Boys in the Big Apple, you are out. That's it. How many more we got left? We got three left. Three left. All right, chat. First number to pop up, plus what we do. Uh, three, two, one. That's a five plus. Let's see how we got it. Who we got? 69. Five plus oh. 69 is an even number, 74. So an even. Oh, that's we awesome. Still have two okay. left. No, no, no. That's it. Oh, no, no. You're right. Okay. Two left. <laughs> two left. All right. Yeah. First number after Luca that dropped 75. Okay. So Chris Bradigan says seven, three, two, one. That's 11. It's an odd number. Who's our winner tonight, Green Bean? Uh, Chris Bradigan, interestingly enough. How wacky is Ooh. that? You just said Chris Whoa. I love it. Look at it. I love it. Congratulations, Bradigan. You won the See? shirt, buddy. Reach out to me on one of my social media pages, whether it be my Gmail, Twitter, Instagram. Reach out to me. I'll get you a shirt um, of your choosing. So we have reached the end of our stream. So, boys and girls, let's go around our panel and give our closing thoughts. Greenbean, tell us what you got going on. <clears throat> yeah, I just hope everybody uh, pops over, man. Uh, Greenbean Jets fan on YouTube in about 22 minutes. I'm having Connor Hughes on. We are going to explore many things, but I think most importantly is the misunderstanding between fans and the beat. We're going to try to get to the bottom of this. Matt, anything from you? What you got going on? I can't on? wait to I can't wait to watch that. I'm gonna go down and make some popcorn after this. Yeah, just <laughs> you guys you guys know the drill. You know where to find me, Matt O'Leary NY. We're doing daily content over on YouTube. We're having fun on Twitter and the social medias. Follow along. It was a blast to be back. Let's do it. Boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you. Don't forget to hit that like button on the way out. And we will be back here next week, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock for Talking Jets. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S!